Welcome to your number one source for technological innovations, ideas, and strategies for your business. Multiply your business's equations and put the odds in your favor. Now, live from Club ITHQ with your hosts, Ben and Sam, this is Tech Factor. All right, welcome everyone. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And this is The Tech Factor. The Tech Factor. Welcome to our Friday wrap. So this is our usual wrap where we basically uh, talk about a couple of articles that we've found throughout the week and that may be of interest uh, that are related to technology and business. So uh, how about you start the ball rolling, Sam, with what you've got and uh, I'll yeah. throw my bit. So easy. So there's been an absolute ton of attacks on big companies this week and Let's get the ball rolling on the service. New South Wales has been hit by email compromise attack. So by the sounds of it, Service New South Wales has been hit by an email compromise attack impacting the accounts of 47 staff members and information of an unknown number of citizens. Um, by the looks of it here, the data was illegally accessed, was stored in email records uh, that Service New South Wales said in a statement on Thursday. Yeah, okay. So it sounds like in this particular case, it was a some kind of phishing attack. And what's happened is that uh, an individual staff member's email credentials have likely been compromised as a result. So uh, their credentials have been compromised. And then as a result of that, whatever information was available to that individual could have been potentially accessed by the uh, by the cyber criminal. And so that's why they're saying, well, yeah, it's, it's possible that you know, they may have had information stored in their emails, for example, that may have had individual uh, client or individual um, staff information in, in there. So I think that's where that's all coming from. They're not admitting to a massive data breach. And, and look, there's no reason to suggest there that there is a significant breach in Service New South Wales. But again, it does show the all the challenges that we're all facing now in, in this new environment. And we, you know, I guess we'll talk a bit more about it later, but uh, there's a lot of companies now that are having troubles with their cybersecurity. They're, you know, with the current environment we're in, we're pushing those limits to the test of what our IT is capable of. And, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize they've got to spend more uh, to be able to stay on top of this issue. Yeah. So this one, by the looks of it, was pretty much just 47 staff members had their email accounts compromised. And at this stage, they're basically just getting in touch with any customers that were served by one of the 47 team members. So they don't think that there's been a major break in their you know, a, a bit of a contact tracing. <laughs> yeah, so it's they didn't doesn't look like they've gained too much access, but just might have been able to access emails between staff members and customers. Yeah, so uh, that's Service New South Wales. Right, and so I guess continuing on the theme, I've got another one there, which uh, was actually it's it's been released uh, just just to today, actually literally an hour ago. So one of the other things that's uh, occurring in this current environment, there's an application called My Budget, and it's a it seems to be primarily Australian based. They're an Adelaide based company, and they've uh, also been uh, the uh, victim of a ransomware hack. And apparently, their actual application has been down uh, for nearly a week now. So the 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 actual app and the website has been down, and they're talking about more than a hundred thousand clients have been affected uh, by this actual uh, by this attack. So uh, it's uh, pretty significant. So again, in, in this particular climate, 
obviously what's happening is people are using, well, people need to use budgeting software more than ever. And so this particular application has, uh, you know, obviously been quite popular. Sorry, I need to, I need to correct the record. It's They've had up to 100,000 customers. They the, This particular outage has affected 13,000 customers. So they've put them in effectively financial limbo is what the article is saying. So, uh, yeah, so the app, the client portal has all been down. So I guess, uh, you know, if you're trying to do a budget at the moment with my budget, you're, uh, you're out of luck. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, what's, so. what's more interesting, Ben, is that the my budget slogan is no more money worries. And I mean, at the moment, none of their clients have to worry because they've got yeah. no money. <laughs> Oh, we'll just go out and spend it. <laughs> uh, hey, there's no budget to uh, to stop you from uh, saying no, right? So you'll only that, get that, declined that, because we've already stolen all your cash. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's time to worry about yeah, you know, no budget worry. The only people who have to worry about my uh, budget worries will probably be my budget themselves. Yeah. So that, uh, that being said, that my budget has released a statement, and part of that statement says that they want to assure you that your money is absolutely safe and secure. So, how true that really is if they've been affected by a cyber attack is yet to be known, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, customers left nervous about funds left with my budget. So, that's very, you know, I mean, that obviously tells the, the tale. I think often, uh, you know, most, most people's gut instincts are, are generally correct. And it's, it is interesting because obviously these are the people who really can least afford it. And uh, in this particular uh, climate, this COVID-19 environment that we're in, there would be a lot more people jumping onto a service like this. And it's, again, it's just one of these things that we're, what we're seeing now is, and, you know, that what that they've openly admitted, they've said here, an unprecedented challenge, the company says. So they've been managing dual crises to get their systems back online while simultaneously dealing with the ransomware threat. Well, that, so, you know, that's a bit of PR spin, really. I mean, they're saying, oh, we're trying to get our systems online, plus they're doing the ransomware threat. No, well, it's the same issue. And I, I appreciate they're two massive projects trying to, recover your existing systems and, and get those systems online and then also make sure you've completely dealt with the threat. You should have backup systems in place. You should be able to literally roll back your server the previous night and get this thing operational. So it's really about the types of systems that they have in place to manage these types of incidents because it is all related. And one of the things we are starting to talk about now more with our clients is the EDR solutions where you can completely roll back uh, these types of threats. And it is what we have to get to these days. We have to start to get more and more advanced in what we can do and, and how we go about it. So, and there is definitely some very cool EDR um, stuff out there, so, you know. Yeah. So exactly. um, some of the stuff we've seen ourselves is is pretty impressive that you can, you know, you can you, you can take a company that's been affected by ransomware and and basically have it up and running within a few moments and just it's like nothing ever happened. There. It's yeah, it's it's extremely powerful. The fact that we can now isolate individual, uh, you know, servers or individual uh, workstations off a network, and then go ahead and and basically restore prior back to that almost instantaneously. It's a uh, you know the EDR stuff now that we're we're seeing is pretty powerful, and that's really the next thing that we need to do. It you know it, it's it's funny just the way that uh, technology is evolving now, but it's you know we we have to we you're always it's it's all, almost an arms race. But um, that's what you've got to do. So, yeah, that's the my budget. So I guess you know the, the theme of today really is is about security, really. Uh, so yeah, that's the um, my budget breach. And, and what do you we'll, got, Sam? And we'll head back straight into our third one for the week, which was came in yesterday's Blue Scope Steel is suffering an IT disruption that they believed could be from the result of a ransomware infection. 
and then came out today that Blue Scope has confirmed that its IT systems have been affected by a cyber incident in one of its US businesses. So mm. that's basically taken all of their IT offline for now and doing things manually globally, which... That yeah, would be painful. Yeah, yeah I, I can only imagine what it's like working <laughs> in one of their factories I don't know right you can now. Actually, you, well, you can't even mail anything globally at the moment. The, the amount of delay you get with uh, just you know delivering things. So I don't know how they do things manually. I'd, actually, that's right. I've got the uh, the perfect sound for that, don't I? The uh, little sound effect for the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Going back to the old dial-up days. Yeah, the uh, dial it up and, and send it. Oh, send it straight through on the fax. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Good luck so, getting into a system and taking data off of a dial-up connection. <laughs> Be too slow to hack, let alone actually utilize for practical purposes. Yeah, it, it, I mean, look, this is the problem because, see, what's actually occurring and um, there's there's actually, I've got a good, good segue to this, is that because of all this work from home stuff, that they're just not prepared for it. And and the issue is that you're only as good as your weakest link, right? So if you've got everyone working in a very specific environment where it's all controlled and managed, but then you go to everyone working from home on computers, which are pretty much guaranteed to be affected, the types of things people do on their personal computers are certainly things you do not want them to be doing on their work computer, and I, and it seems as though most people certainly don't do those things. I don't need to go into detail of what some of those things might be, but uh, you know, of, often those types of activities lead to you know uh, some kind of compromise of sort. So, um, and as soon as you start accessing your work from home off those compromised computers, your computer becomes the weakest link, and away you go. So there's. Uh, you know, it, it is what we're seeing. And I think this is where we're starting to see these major increases in, in cybersecurity threats it's because there is a lot more work occurring from home and that's creating these these issues. So it's something everyone needs to watch out for. Uh, there are solutions that you can get. Uh, so one of the solutions that we provide through WatchGuard, WatchGuard actually have a, a client application which can be easily installed on a workstation from home. And it'll effectively give you the the firewall and DNS filtering and all those bits and pieces uh, through the WatchGuard system. So it allows you to to have enterprise security from your home computer. So something uh, like that is absolute the bare minimum. If, if you've got a lot of work from home staff, you need to look at solutions like that. So that's something uh, worth noting. Any, anything you want to add there, Sam? Or No, that's pretty much um, bottom the money there. There's tons of stuff that we're doing to try and try and mitigate some of this stuff and um yeah this i think working from home everyone going home and that i think a lot of it um companies and it people probably just panicked and were trying to get people working from home as quickly as possible whilst worrying about their own work and their own lives and everything like that i think has left a pretty gaping hole in cybersecurity at the moment and i think we're starting to see that now hmm Righto, so let's talk about some solutions. So uh, broadly speaking, uh, well, this is an article I want to talk about, but uh, so the uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency, if, if I'm assuming most people would be familiar with it, but if they're not familiar with it, it's a digital form of currency that is de- completely decentralized, doesn't rely on a, on a government or any particular body to manage it, relies on algorithms, and so it uses blockchain technology. Uh, Bitcoin is interesting. It's a it's an experiment in many different things, uh, but it's also an experiment uh, in a different model. Where uh, I guess what we have this thing called um, you know depreciation in our economy, 
and uh, it means that basically it tries to encourage spending. So over time, things become worth less, and you've got to, well, the currency becomes worth less, and you've got to spend that money to make it uh, work. And that's how the economy ticks over. Um, in the world of Bitcoin, they actually li- they they've limited the um, the way the algorithm works. There's 21 million Bitcoins that will be mined, and it, and at every stage throughout the cycle, what happens is um, the amount of Bitcoins or the amount of cash effectively get that gets put into the system is reduced over time till it reaches the 21 million limit. So we had the Bitcoin halving uh, today. Oh, it was not today, a couple of days ago. And, and basically, um, again, what that basically means is that uh, the amount of Bitcoins that are generated per cycle in the algorithm have been reduced. Uh, so it's slowly reducing to the point where it'll get to the hard limit of 21 million. Now, uh, Bitcoins, you don't necessarily have to purchase an entire Bitcoin. You can purchase up to things like eight decimals, I think, maybe, maybe even more than that. And uh, that effectively allows you to you know, split a Bitcoin in you know, a thousand different ways. So... Uh, yeah, so I mean, what, I guess why I'm talking about this is that um, it's interesting because Bitcoin's been around now for well over a decade. Uh, it's a technology; it's completely decentralized. There are a whole range of uses for blockchain technology, and uh, Bitcoin is now here to stay. It's quite clear it's here to stay. Its value is has gone up and down massively over the years, but it has been relatively stable in the probably the last two or three years. Uh, stable for Bitcoin terms. I mean, you're up and down twenty percent. If you, you know, if you if you had the stock market going up and down twenty percent every day, people would be having heart attacks. People would be jumping off bridges and whatnot. But um, you know, twenty Bitcoin is is stable, relatively speaking. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, on Sam, but yeah, um, I, I, I'm I'm not so much into the Bitcoin, but I, I'm definitely supportive of cryptocurrencies. And I, I mean, in reality, what's the difference between a cryptocurrency and a regular currency? Like, it's just a it's, it's just another form of trading, and it's, it's just it's a perce- perception of value, right? Like, I mean, you know, and and that's the whole funny thing of it. Like, you know, we we look at those bits of plastic in our wallet and go, "Well, that's worth something." And we and but we only b- believe that because other people will believe that, and enough people believe it, then you've got something of value. And you know, I actually, to be really honest with you, I I kind of trust an algorithm that's you know that, that can't be altered, than uh, than what you know than government policy that can change at a whim. Uh, which can drastically affect the value of, of your own currency. Or, so, or billionaires that run banks. Or billionaires that run banks, exactly. So, you know, that's the the, the thing about our own currencies is the goalposts get changed constantly, whereas at least with with the cryptocurrency, you know the, exactly how it's going to work with the algorithm and you know it's set and it runs and it just doesn't stop. It's It can't be killed. It's, uh, you know, the original you know, Bitcoin is based off peer-to-peer technology originally, um, effectively, which you know, if you remember the peer-to-peer days, that was you know yeah. people trying to movies, um, MP3 files, whatever. So, um, but I mean, well, I guess what's significant about it is that I don't know if you've noticed it too, Sam, but I've noticed pretty much every store. Like you know, when I used to, I used to, you know, my preference is always to use FBOS. Um, cash is just too much of a pain, and there's lots of stores like takeaway food joints and places like that. They're always like, oh no, no, cash only, cash only. Yeah, but now they're all going. No, no, no cash. We'll do FBOS, and I think I've I've loved it. It's awesome. Yeah, now I, I'm like, I definitely yeah. have as well. Yeah, and now I'm like, well, now they do that. Well, how about we just go the next step and just get rid of the bank's FBOS terminals and let's go crypto, you know? Um, and then we don't need the the uh, banking system at all at that point. So, um, I mean, maybe that's a little bit anarchist or anarchist of me, but uh, I mean, the thing is that you know this type of technology has massive potential. And is democratized. You know, it means that that type of technology is available to everyone. 
and everyone can be their own bank. You know, there's no um, the way Bitcoin operates. You can have your own Bitcoin account. You know, on any of your preferred devices. You're not going to be paying account management fees or whatever, and you know, you've got full control over your money. You know exactly what's going to happen to it. You've got complete control over it. There's no automatic debits or um, what what have you to it. So it's uh you know it's a it's a great tech. So you know maybe in this post COVID world, maybe what we might see is is more adoption of crypto technology. Yeah, crypto I have currency, seen I have seen um, some real estate uh, in Australia. There was some articles a little while back about the real estate industry going in. You could buy a house in Sydney or something with with, with cryptocurrencies. So, you know, we, we'll eventually get there. Mm. I think it'll just yeah. take a lot of convincing. Uh, people are going to be very pushed to get rid of their money that they know. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And I, I think it's one of those things where, I mean, it's it, it's also convenience. I mean, you know, again, we, we've got to get to that point where crypto is, is more convenient than the current system. And, and, you know, the banks are trying to play catch up, you know, their, their pay ID systems and these other things where you can pay by, by email or username and whatnot. They're all trying to use these types of technologies to try and catch up with what crypto can do. So it, it's interesting times. Um there's one other article that I, I want to finish up on. Oh, did you have anything, Sam? Or no, anything no, no, definitely. You can go for it. I want to uh, – <laughs> so so in Australia, the uh, sticking on the COVID theme, and I just I wanted to mention this one because I think this is pretty funny. So uh, Queensland is easing its restrictions uh, this uh, this week and um, New South Wales is um, easing some of them on fr- today, on Friday. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this article, Sam. Uh, the uh, – the Queensland pubs are set to reopen as beer delivery heads to Outback, and uh, and Forex Gold uh, was I think they've we've been partnered with the uh, Queensland government have got organised trucks carrying sixty kegs or about three thousand litres of beer donated by Forex uh, going out to the pubs out west to stock them up for the weekend. So um, I am yeah. moving to Queensland. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, buy <laughs> Berejiklian, and I'm gone. <laughs> It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, where's our free beer? <laughs> yeah. Now nah, we're on the north coast up here. We don't get looked at. The uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's, there's two ways to look at this. You know, one, it's, you know, okay, they're easing restrictions. They're opening up the pubs for, you know, in small numbers, of course, and everyone's getting free beer. On the downside, it is Forex. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've got so, a few, a few, few um, choice words for Forex. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know... But it's, if, it, I, if it's I, free, how much can you complain? Yeah, well, this, well that's true. It'll still that's get true. you drunk. <laughs> I certainly will. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, Queenslanders are going to enjoy free Forex this weekend. Good on you. Uh, in, enjoy that, that piss-poor beer. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, well, I guess, you know, at least they're getting some reductions in restrictions. So we're starting to see the easing and restrictions. And I guess one of the things we'll start to talk about more in the... Podcast probably in the in the coming weeks is I guess you know ways to to uh, get people back through the door and technologies that you can potentially use to reengage customers. I think maybe talking about be about loyalty systems and things of like that might be something of a topic for for the next time. So I think that's it. That's the that's the Friday wrap. Uh, wrap it I think up. It's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. I've been told that plenty of times before. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll wrap it up, and uh, that's Friday. I'm Ben, and I'm Sam. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Have a good Friday.